0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast.
1: Hosted by Elliot Shure-Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they go there's been a lot to like with change recently. So of course the, uh, (laughs) the report Uh, on Christmas is that he might go back to Houston. after.
2: And we might as well just get, get into that now. I mean, I'll say, I'll say this about the report and I don't know if this is, I'd be curious if you do this as well. As soon as a report comes out, my first instinct is always who leaked it and why did they leak it? Right. It's not even so much reacting to the news. It's why is this out there and who wanted this out there? So for those that, are living under a rock or, or haven't heard. There was a report that came out Christmas Day that uh, from ESPN that James Harden is seriously considering going back to the Houston Rockets this offseason when he can opt out of his deal and he can return to Houston. Now, my first takeaway, of course, was he's clearly been listening to the Clap Your Hands pod and heard me talk about how good that Houston <laughs> situation is. All the young guards, the cap space, the draft picks. So I'm happy he's a listener. But my other takeaway from this was, man, things are going so well and you leak this. I think to, to me, and I want you... Actually, give me your opinion on it first before I tell you what what my takeaway was. What were your thoughts?
1: I mean, I mean it's clearly a, a representation trying to make sure he's getting the full boat in the yeah. offseason, right? Like, you leak it to the most prominent NBA reporter on the planet on Christmas Day when it's the thing that's mm-hmm. like their day. It's going to be on all day, basketball, and that lead, that's essentially the first piece of nba news of the day that we hear on like the nba signature day. Yeah. So that's you're trying to get maximum leverage. I think I have a bunch of thoughts. I'll say this. I think it's like the way it was presented is, you know, if James Harden doesn't win and not liking things in Philadelphia, he'll consider going back to Houston. It's like to me that it would almost be the opposite. Like you go to Houston if you do win here and that's like all right, I I want a title I yeah. sort of cemented my legacy. I'll go somewhere where I'm happy. I'm the man. I have all my roots there. I have a home there. I have, you know, friends, whatever there. But to me, there's no chance he's going to Houston if the Sixers flame out, right? Like that would be the ultimate cement yourself as a career loser move that I think he um, can make. If they like, if James Harden loses in the first or second round with Joel Embiid. And he basically just says, I'm going to Houston to retire. Like he does the later stage version of what Bradley Beal is doing in Washington right now, where he took the bag and he's playing on a dog shit team and nobody cares if they win or lose. Like he's a loser. If you do that, you are a loser. You don't have aspirations to be like, he has said all this stuff about, you know, all I care about is winning. I want to cement my legacy, all that. I know there's been features written about him where he's talking about comparisons to Dwayne Wade and like having to reach the number of titles that Wade has, I believe he has three. If I'm remembering correctly, you have absolutely no chance of even sniffing Dwayne Wade. If you go back to Houston. And so like, it's such a empty threat to me, unless James Harden really does not give a shit about winning. And like, I don't believe that's the case. I don't think he took a discount in Philly just so he could, after a year, go to Houston and never win again. Like that just doesn't. If he was going to take the discount, just so he could never win, he would. He would have just left him on his payday.
2: So I'll push back a little bit on that. I agree that right now the Houston Rockets do not have as good of a chance of winning as the Sixers. I think if you remove this version of James Harden and put them on the Rockets and those young guards develop, I. I, like they're not winning a title. I agree with you on that. He's not winning a title. They're not
1: coming close to winning they're, a title. <laughs> I'm not disputing. But,
2: but if you take Harden off the Sixers and put him on the Rockets, is the Sixers' future that much brighter than the Rockets? Because you have Embiid, who's awesome now, but we all know he's kind of a ticking time bomb, time bomb in a way. Maxi's awesome. I mean, you have Toby, but he's going to be a free agent. I don't think there's a, a huge difference in the future if you remove Harden with how he's playing. But my my takeaway from it was, do you think Harden actually wants to stay here, and the Sixers are not as into signing him as maybe he is into staying here? And this is his camp's version of saying, okay, you you, may, you know maybe you don't, you're not as into giving us the full max. Well, he'll go back here because they will give him the max. This is a destination. I'm guessing Houston has interest in bringing him back as well. If this is coming out, like probably talking behind the scenes or whatever. Do you think this was a leverage ploy in the way of Harden saying, "I will go there if you don't
1: give me what what I want in Philly"? I mean, of course it is. Like, I think obviously, I don't think it's at a point where the Sixers are like really playing hardball with him or his representation or anything like that. But, but well, why would he
2: leak it if they weren't playing hardball? Like,
1: you only well, put. I'm that saying out you can't. Really you can't play hardball until it's actually time to sit down and like sign the contract or like discuss the terms, whatever. You can put out feelers and say, you know, we're going to see where we're at at the end of the year. Like I I think minimum the Sixers want James Harden here this year and into the future. Like, I, I don't think this is a situation where they're unhappy with having him on the team, but if he was hurt all the time or not the James Harden we've seen over the last week, week and a half or so, And he was closer to the guy they saw last year. Then, yeah, I think they'd be, they'd be stupid to just say, you know, we're going to give you the full max no matter what. Like it's the right thing to do to take more of the cautious approach. And obviously, I think they're empowered to do that a little bit more than the average team would be because they do have Daryl in that front office. They have a very long-term, close relationship. They can have tough conversations and they they can be honest with one another about Mm. where they're at and why. But of course, like James Harden, knowing that and seeing that is going to say, well, all right, like the people around him are going to put some pressure on them to say, if you're not willing to pony up, then I have other options. And, you know, I think Houston is just a good example. It might not be, there could be another team that ends up being like, all right, this is the real threat. Like, I don't, I honestly do not think he will go back to Houston next year, period. Like, wow. I don't think that's going to happen. I do think there's a possibility that there could be a team. And maybe I'm under Houston in the fact that they could move guys around and maybe sign two stars at once and do some stuff with the draft picks. Yeah, And, and he like, can go back.
2: back make a win now perfect. team,
1: whatever. Yeah. But if you're just saying sign him and nothing else, like I just don't see that. And I don't see him doing that. Like, I think he's – Realistic realistic enough with himself to say, me going back to join a bunch of young guys is not going to win anything. And it's, you know, if he cares about what his legacy is and what he's going to be, how he's going to be judged in the eyes of, you know, the history books and his peers and everybody else, I don't think he goes back.
2: Yeah. But also if you look at the Sixers now, this is all with the presumption in this article that he's only going to leave if it flames out here. So you're talking about them. I don't think they lose in the first round, I guess, who knows injuries, whatever, but chances are, if this season flames out, it'll be in the second round, especially with how they're playing right now. But if he loses in the second round here, that'll be two years in a row where he wouldn't have gotten out of the second round. I can see a world where he doesn't think to think to himself, all right. Yeah. I'm definitely, I definitely have a great chance to win here in Philadelphia. So to your point, maybe there's another team he would go to, but if you're looking at all of his options and one is stay in Philly, you know, I don't know how much he likes here. Maybe you can speak to that, but Houston, he's lived there his whole life. Presumably he's very comfortable there. There's no other option where he feels there's a great chance to win. I can see the legacy is the wrong word because you're right. It, he won't win a title there, but go back to Houston, you know, cement your place. there as one of the best, if not the best player in franchise history, or at least on that short list, make up with the fans and your career there. I could see how that would be more appealing than attaching yourself to a Sixers team that again would have came up short. But to what you're saying about a good relationship with Daryl, I, I think that's obvious from the outside looking in, you would know even more covering the team. I just don't get why he does it unless there's some type of friction where he feels like he needs to. He's playing the best basketball he's played with the Sixers, especially at the time of the report. He was coming off that awesome win versus the Clippers, that awesome game. He would seem to have all the leverage in the world. It does, It. does. I don't know why he puts it out there unless he feels he needs to.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to find out in, what is it, seven months from now, so they, six and a half months a from now.
2: He can't sign a deal now, no matter what. They have to do it at the end of the year. Well, because so he's got
1: the player option for okay. next year, and so that ultimately comes up later. Okay, on. Well, they they do um, have to wait, no matter what. We're gonna find out what. Like this is all. This is the fun of covering the NBA, and by the fun, I mean this is the part I hate the most. Where it just the part I love the most, like yeah. that, your reality TV, exactly yeah. for we can't talk about the basketball it's like (laughs) well what the, what is going on seven months from or like even worse when guys are on like in ben's case for example when he was under contract for like five more years yeah it's like actually i want out it's like bro you your extension just started you should have figured out this wasn't the best situation when you signed a i don't know that part drives me crazy about the nba it's uh you're, you are free at any time to take a one year maximum deal and and do it like i honestly i respect i think what people have missed about lebron this is like totally going off a tangent now like oh, Le- it's lebron only like- is like the player empowerment guy like he's the one well he went to miami and he started this whole trend of everything lebron other than that miami run has pretty much only signed one plus one deals where mm-hmm. he's telling you straight up like i will be here this year I might, I might be here next year, but you better do everything in your power to make this team as good as it can be because there's no guarantee I'm sticking around. And like, I respect that a lot more than somebody taking a, you know, five year, $250 million contract, whatever some of these guys are taking. And then immediately when things get hard, they're like, nah, I want to help. It's like, it, you can't have everything. Well,
2: <laughs> I, I see it. I agree with you. And I think they're. This is going to be me sounding like an old man again, like last pod. I think there is something a little annoying probably for fans of guys always moving teams, that type yes. of thing. Although I love the trades and I love the trade machine and the drama. I can see that aspect of it of if you're not a 35 year old guy that loves reality TV and you're a kid or even just anybody that's a, you know, a fan of the team watching all these players leaves can be frustrating. My perspective of it before we get back to, to the Sixers is Covering the NFL, and I know they're different sports, but in the NFL, I never blame guys at all for giving me as much money as they can. The careers are shorter and all those things. So part of me still looks at the Ben situation to use him as his example and go, someone's willing to give you five years, whatever whatever his deal was, guaranteed millions, take that and figure it out later. To your point, I can see how it's not fair from Ben's side. And I think a, a trend and a kind of acceptance has been set up in the NBA of, we'll just sign the deal and then you can always leave if you want to later. I just think the players getting guaranteed money. I can understand them saying, yeah, someone's going to give me 250 million guaranteed. Yeah, I'm going to sign that line to make sure I know I have that money coming no matter what.
1: Yeah, I just think there's some sort of middle ground between like, I want these guys to make as much money as they possibly can. Like I don't ever begrudge guys for taking the money. But like, I I love the comparison people always make where it's like, well, if you were a talented engineer or programmer and you work for Google and then Apple offered you more money, would you go there it's like yeah i would go there but i wouldn't be able to leave because if i was a talented programmer at google have non-compete i have a non compete for right. however many years or whatever it is like i don't mind guys leaving at the end of their contracts and going wherever like you are free to do whatever you want but you know when you make commitments to people i don't care if it's a sports team your job your friends your family you honor your commitments like if you said i'm i'm here for 5 years Unless something materially changes, like I, I get when guys are in bad situations, it's like, I, I think this is going to be a contender and then everything goes off the rails or there's some kind of behind the scenes thing, whatever. But when it's just like, I'm not winning or I don't like it here and it's just some lame excuse to go play for a super team. I I don't like that shit. Like that, I'll never like it. And that, that's, well, I, I can't get over it. Like I'm very pro players doing what they want. Like I follow uh, English Premier League, like you do, Elliot, and hey, man. there they basically are like they write their ticket. It's like teams will just <laughs> buy them. That's yeah, they have a they have a release clause in their contract. If a team pays 100 million pounds, 150 million pounds, whatever it is, they can just go at any time. So I'm fine with that system, but if this is the system they are operating within, it just drives me a little crazy that like even when guys are under contract, it's like, well, is he going to leave three years from now? <laughs> Who cares? There's three years until then.
2: (laughs) I think part of that might be to compare to EPL a little bit, and I've only been covering like following it super closely for probably the last five years, right? But I feel like in in soccer, there's not as much pressure to win right away. Whereas in basketball, I think there's probably like 30
1: players. It depends on the team, I think.
2: Depends on the team, but I feel like it's not as much attached to legacy. Whereas I think in the NBA, there's 30 guys who right now are under pressure to win a title this year. And if they don't do it this year, then next year, they're under a ton more pressure. So I think that's why there's more movement. But one thing I did want to ask you, since we're off on this topic, we were not recording the pod when James Harden, this whole thing went down. He took less money. Since we're talking about his contract, we're talking about why he did this. My question for you is, as someone that covered it, Do you think the Sixers were willing to give him whatever he wanted or not? Because if they weren't, maybe this is him putting out there, all right, you didn't give me what I wanted before. I'm playing the best basketball I ever have. I'll go somewhere else. You think there's any residuals from that? Or was that contract negotiation pretty much, here, James, write what you want. We really want you back. And that's how it went.
1: It's probably somewhere in between. Like I don't think it was. So the Jimmy Butler reporting like why he didn't come back has been there's like 800 different stories on that but there was a lot that was said then about were they willing to offer a full max were they not willing to offer it and like none of that stuff is really what mattered in the end i think it's sort of similar here and that i don't know that it was so much about they wouldn't offer him that as they probably knew coming off of that year and the injury and how he looked like he's not getting and the the market was such that like he was not going to get the full max from anybody really because there just weren't teams out there that were both that had the space, but were also trying to compete that appealed to James Harden. And Mm -hmm. it also happened that if James took less money, he could facilitate being on a better team. And that, you know, naturally when guys win and they're on winning teams, like James still produced last year, he didn't produce at the level he normally does. Yeah. But if he just produced that exact stat line on a better team, you you always look better. Like it doesn't matter. You could put up, if I put up twenty and ten on a, let's say a thirty and fifty two team, or twenty and ten on a fifty two and thirty team, I could be doing the exact same things. That people are going to look at you differently. Yeah. Like Devin Devin Booker dealt with that for the longest time. He was a big time producer. And nobody took him seriously until, you know, they had a real team in Phoenix. And now all of a sudden he's like an all NBA, all star, perennial in every discussion type guy. Mm -hmm. So I I do think I don't think there's any residual anger or anything on Harden's end. But I do think he is aware that any manager or any manager, any owner is going to try to squeeze you for whatever they can. So Mm -hmm. that's he He has to go into free agency knowing that
2: Well, A, it has to kill him that he took less, and the result was PJ Tucker, Daniel Housing, and (laughs) and Harold, who, by the way, I guess PJ Tucker only has one working hand right now. So that's always awesome. When you're 37, one of your hands is dead. Not ideal for the premier free agent. Do you think he could have gotten more money than what he got? Not, not if he wanted to play
1: for a bogus team. Yeah. Like that circles back to why this discussion started in the first place. Like, I don't think James Harden is going to go play for a team that doesn't have a chance to win. Not until, you know, if he gives it a few more tries, comes up short, and, you know, just wants to go back to Houston for like his last couple years or whatever. Okay, great. I don't, I think people will just say he gave it what he had, or it'll at least be closer to that. You leave now when you're playing with Joel Embiid and going to play with like, I can't the Jalen good Green, good Green good Sam good.
0: Goon, yeah,
1: <laughs> Jabari Smith. I, I just, I don't think people will respect that at all. And I do think one, pe- one thing people should know or should know in general about Harden at this point, like he is a guy who cares about his reputation. Like he, mm-hmm. he is kind of like, likes to be amongst the people. You don't dress like he does if you don't no. want to like capture people's attention in that way. And so like, I just, I don't think he's going to do that. I do think it's just purely pay me the money that I deserve or that I, I want, or I'm going to look at other options. I think Houston, the Houston part of it is probably clouding what the actual message is. It's just an easy way for him to say, I want, or him or the people around him to say, I want the money. And like, I don't, I don't begrudge him for that. Any guy should go after whatever they think they're worth.
2: And this, I mean, honestly, the way he's playing now, this might be his last chance at a really huge deal. I mean, obviously all these guys get huge deals. He probably will never play for less than $20 million, if not more the rest of his career. So he will always get paid, but this will be his last chance at a huge deal. The last thing I'll say about the Harden report, and this annoys me too when it happens in the NFL but so the report comes out. It's obviously from his camp. It's obviously coordinated to come out that day. And then he's asked about it. And it's like, oh, I don't know what that is. I didn't read it. It's like, come on. Oh,
1: yeah. It's like, Come no, on, come man. On. You,
2: you knew this was coming out. You knew it was going to happen Christmas morning. And I agree with you. It's coordinated, biggest day, his chance to send a message. He's playing awesome. But I just hate the whole, oh, I, I didn't see it. Like, yeah, come on, man. You You definitely knew this was coming out.
1: Yeah, that part's bogus. Like, I, I'm not saying that it needs to go out there and say, oh, yeah, my representation. Right, and the People right. that are close to me made sure they got out there. But you should at least be like, look, I'm happy here. I'm doing playing well with Joel. You know, free agency is going to come in July and decisions will be made then. And he did say a lot of that stuff, but you don't have to be like, oh, I have no idea. And right. Yeah. Like, agreed.
2: Um, that was annoying, but the whole thing was honestly annoying, but the good news is he's playing so well. It doesn't matter. That report comes (laughs) out and he absolutely kills it against the Knicks. He was unbelievable. I mean, going into this wizards game was honestly the belt, the best I felt about this team in a long time. Even when they were down 13 tonight, as we talked about, I was sitting there thinking, I think I'm bought back in. I think they've successfully roped me back in and it's because James has been so good. So leaked rumors, Houston, whatever, all that he's earned the right. Like he is playing way better than he was before. Um. Do you have anything else on Harden before we move on? Or uh, I think we've sufficiently said how good. No,
1: nah, I mean, look, uh, to end that discussion, I don't want, I'm not going to turn the rest of this season into will he or won't he leave? Like that's just not a very interesting thing to me. If he just plays lights out the rest of the year and has a million options and decides to go elsewhere, that's great. The one thing that can't happen and that I would hope it, he will not do is if he starts looking for the exit, like he's not happy here for whatever reason and starts mailing it in or yeah. you know, doing some of the stuff we saw. Obviously, end of the Houston tenure, but that was kind of, you know, I don't blame him totally as much understand. in that scenario. That yeah, in the Brooklyn scenario where, you know, he forced this way there. They were one of the two teams you wanted to go to. And maybe he you don't blame him for the Kyrie aspect of it. But again, like... You're yeah, you there of your own yeah. volition, essentially. I don't want to see that. If if they fail because him and Joel are just not good enough, that's fine. You live with that every day. Like as long as James is giving well, he's not given defensive effort, regardless. But it's fine. Long, you know, I don't care about <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. as long as he's being James Harden the way we know he can be, what he decides to do in free agency is his own decision. And it's on the Sixers. To set this up in a way that makes him feel best about this team to come back to—that's the bottom line.
2: The only positive of it being all year, will he or won't he, is it's only an interesting and important question if he's playing well. If he's not, there's no interesting part about right. it. It's you're hoping he leaves, you know he's going to opt back in. So if we spend the next three months of this pod being, you know, talking about, they really can't have him leave, then that means he's playing really well.